0: Yesterday, my wife and I had the opportunity to celebrate a joyous occasion and being part of our youngest child, our daughter's wedding. And it was amazing. And we're grateful for that. And a few weeks ago, I was talking to my great friend, Carrie Van Campen, and we of course invited he and Wanda to come to the wedding. And he called me and he said, Jonathan, you do not need to preach the Sunday after your daughter gets married on that Saturday. And I said, you are a man full of wisdom and insight. Would you be willing to preach? And he was like, of course. And so Carrie Van Campen is no stranger to our church. Many of you who are part of the church from the very beginning will remember him coming and speaking to our church. He's been a dear friend. We used to work together in the network office. And when we when we see each other, we pick up where we left off. And anytime that I call Kerry, He's normally with Wanda. And they'll say, Jonathan, we just want you to know we prayed for you and prayed for your family this morning as we do every morning. How many want to have friends like that that pray for you every day? And that's the kind of friend that Pastor Carrie and Wanda have been to us. They've prayed for us and prayed for our family. So grateful to have them in our corner. And over the last 10 years, as a church, as we've been in one building and moved to you know, expanded that building and then moved to this and done the different projects. Carrie and Wanda have come up and they've shared ideas and they've given advice, and Carrie is just full of wisdom and has been a friend to me and has been a mentor. I'm so grateful for you, and how exciting today that you get to come and bring a word from the Lord, and I'll just tell you, the the, the feedback that I got in between services, people were like, that was powerful, that was amazing, so you're in for a treat. Would you join me in giving a warm welcome to Carrie Van Campen as he comes to preach this morning?
1: Well, Wanda and I are honored to be here. We're honored to be friends of uh, Jonathan and Erica, Jacob, Julianne, and now Jacob. So, that's great. So, uh, I think you might have these handouts that have fill in the blanks. you got to understand, uh, Wanda's taught for over 35 years, and I... I start off in education, so if I feel like I'm in front of uh, more than three or four people, I've got to give a handout. So just put up with me, okay? Um, let me get into this. Delays, deserts, and devours. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapters 37 through 50. And I, I, I at times have learned through the years that there's times I just need to quiet myself before the Lord. I don't know if he needs a break from hearing me talk to him all the time, but I've learned if I'll just stop and listen, I usually gain something. Now, I just want to let you know, I got all messed up during worship. That's good, that kind of mess up. Juan and I have this saying, I'll say, you're a mess. And she goes, and then I'll go, I'm a mess, and we'll say, we're a mess. I got all messed up. I love verbally praising and worshiping the Lord. At the same time, there, there are times I, I just need to quiet myself before the Lord with open ears, open mind, open heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to touch and to talk to me. The well-known Psalm 23 has a very small phrase, in it's verse 5, that unless we know the cultural impact from the time of the original writing, we will miss out on its full impact. Three words, my cup overflows. It refers to when a person has been invited to someone's place for a meal or feast or celebration. The way for the host to indicate that it's about time for people to start heading home is that Whatever they had been serving to drink, they would bring it out in that flask or that pitcher, and all the guests knew it was time, and they would hold up their flask or their cup or their mug. And the host would go around pouring into their last drink. Most people received half to three-fourths of a cup, kind of indicating you're about done. Then there were some they poured to the brim. But oh, this is what David wrote about. There's others. The host would pour. The guests would be holding up their mug. And it overflowed the brim. Went down their arm, drifted off their elbow. Made a puddle around them. And what they were being told by that act Is that I enjoy your presence. And as long as you desire to be here, I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to wrap my presence around you. And I don't know about you guys, but especially at the end of the year, I think I need to quiet myself before the Lord for a minute or two. And I'm just going to ask you, if you don't mind joining me, And if you want to, I think there's something about giving an effort, giving a little bit of symbolism. I don't know. Uh, I don't think we have mugs right now. But if you want to just hold your hand up or your mug up and join me, let's, let's quiet and listen to the Lord for a minute. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great plan. Jesus, we thank you for fulfilling it for us. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as part of the Trinity, the deity, and that you were sent for us. I acknowledge it's the same Holy Spirit this morning that inspired the very words of the Scripture that we are going to read, that have made it through the Bible for ages. Same Holy Spirit as we quiet ourselves. That same Holy Spirit I ask for you to inscribe upon our hearts what you have in store for us. Each morning. Personally, for us today, in your name, amen. Even though I just asked you to pause for a moment, please allow me to share with you by asking this Have you ever been in a season or a period of time or a situation where you found there was no forward momentum? Maybe you were doing things as you did in the past that was very successful. Or maybe now you're even praying about it more. Or you're putting extra effort into it. But it just seems nothing is happening. Those situations, those unusual times, those seasons to me can easily be categorized as delays. I'm just going to tell you right now. I am not a fan of delays. I know delays can come in many shapes, forms, and fashions, but I'm usually not a fan of any of them. In our Western culture, we've been trained that faster's better. Matter of fact, that same culture relays that everything should flow smooth and easy. And when things aren't going that way, we feel we need to do something. We we need to adjust. Or we need to make major changes to get around or through our delay. When we work at missing or avoiding delays and it doesn't work out, instead we go into a holding pattern. I do not know about you, but I can usually have three responses to my holding patterns of delays. Allow me to share them with you real quick. The first one is this. God must not be interested in my life. Not true. He created you and me. He has plans for you. He has purposes for you. And put on your seatbelt cuz he has adventures for you too. Uh, the other one though that I can come up with is this when I'm in a holding pattern is maybe I forfeited God's favor. Not true. I or you were never that good. (laughs) But at the same time, I or you were never that bad. It isn't our goodness that gets us into God's favor. and It isn't our badness that keeps us from God's favor. It's the grace God extends to you and me through Jesus Christ that you and I have his favor. And here's part of the good news. His grace never, never runs out. But here's my third one, and i got to raise both hands on this one. This is my easily default when I go into a holding pattern of delays. If anything's going to happen, I'm going to have to make it happen myself. Not true, Carrie Van Campen. My efforts are okay, but they don't come close to God's efforts. Not really, not sorry. <laughs> I, I get a little emotional. <sighs> Someone's needing this. I need it. Maybe I'm that someone. I just appreciate you letting me share it with you while I'm preaching to myself today. My efforts aren't nearly as good as God's efforts. Here's what I've learned about God's efforts. His go from the inside out. Heart first. I just want you to know if you're a guest here today. Or if you're a guest online and you're ready to hear Pastor Jonathan, I apologize. He'll be here next week. And I encourage you to check him out. And these good people. This is a place where you need to be. Between 1985 and 2011, NASA... The United States Space Agency had 135 space shuttle launches with five different space shuttles. Juan and I happened to be living in uh, Fort Myers, Florida during a lot of those, and we were teaching. And when the uh, shuttles were going up, we always checked the weather. And if it was going to be a clear day and if we could work it out, we'd load up our students in the buses and take them to the river between Fort Myers and North Fort Myers. And Because not only could you see the space shuttle up in the sky, but you could look down the river and see the reflection of it there. There's just something about it. But a space shuttle has four things. The shuttle itself, the external tanks, the solid rocket boosters, and the fuel. And those collectively weigh 4.4 million pounds. In order for the space shuttle to get from its hangar to its launch pad... It had to be transported on something. And at this time, at that time, this was the largest man-made item ever created, and it's called the crawler transporter. The crawler transporter itself weighed 6 million pounds. The space shuttle has to get from 0 miles per hour to 18,000 miles per hour, outside of the earth's atmosphere and has to do it in 8.5 minutes. That's fast. Once it's outside the earth's atmosphere, it has the capacity to travel at 23.6 times the speed of sound. You know how fast it gets from its hangar to the launch pad? One mile an hour. Often in order to go fast... We have to go slow first. Another way to say that with this illustration is before the space shuttle gets to see the stars, it has to slowly make its way down the street. Thinking of our lives, we don't want delays. I don't want the process. I want the final package. I want the finished package, not the process. And you and I need to keep in mind that God is a God of process. Keep in mind, slow motion is still motion. A delay does not indicate a disinterest on God's part. God's timing and my timing and your timing aren't always going to be the same. Whenever I choose my timing over his timing, I end up disappointed, frustrated. Because his ways are better than my and your ways. Allow me to introduce you to a Bible character from the Old Testament. He has the name of Joseph. Like the majority of the Bible characters, he was normal like you and me. He was one of 12 brothers, though. But he was the parents' favorite as they did such things as making Joseph a special robe of many collars. And Joseph's life starts in Genesis chapter 37 carries on for 94 years where it ends up in Genesis chapter 50. One day, Joseph's father told Joseph, who was usually kept around the house, to go check on his brothers who were in a field a ways away. His brothers saw him coming from a distance and made a plan to kill Joseph, but then decided instead to sell him to a group of traveling Ishmaelites who were passing through their area. Joseph's brothers took this Robe off of him, tore it up, put animal blood on it, then took it home to their father with the story that a wild old animal had gotten the best of Joseph. One of the reasons the brothers didn't like Joseph is that he relayed his dream to them of him having great destiny, but not so for them. Those dreams of destiny for Joseph have now turned into a delay. Genesis chapter 39 tells us this. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Now you and I can relate to Joseph as he didn't want to be where he was. He wasn't with who he wanted to be with, and he wasn't doing what he wanted to be doing. Joseph could have started to doubt God and start to try things his own way, but instead he leaned into God as verse 2, our next verse tells us, the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. Let's continue. Verse 3, his master saw that the Lord was with him, And that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. Being raised on a farm, I like that. In the house and the field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And she spoke to Joseph day after day. He would not listen to her, to lie beside her, to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his robe, saying, Lie with me. But he left his robe in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his robe in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he, he referring to her husband, has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his robe by her until her master came home, and she told him the same story, lying, saying, The Hebrew servant you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, This is the way your servant treated me? His anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. You know, if I was around at that time, I'd have gave Joseph a word of advice. Give up the robes, man. They're not working for you. But Joseph found himself in another delay. Not only another delay, but this one looks even darker. I imagine all of us can relate in one shape or form of hitting another delay as Joseph did. If we were to read on, we'd read that Joseph understood God is always good and he's always doing something even in the brokenness of our lives. An aspect of this delay is that for the first time, Joseph is now in proximity to people who have proximity to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker were in prison with Joseph as Pharaoh became upset with them to the point of throwing them into prison. It says in the scriptures that Joseph noticed these two men and he served them. During this time of the three of them spending time in prison, both the cupbearer and the baker had the same dream. They approached Joseph to see if he could interpret their dream. Joseph responded, He couldn't interpret their dream, but maybe his God would help him to do so, and that he did. Joseph related good news, that both would be released out of prison, but there was bad news. One of them would be killed, and the baker was killed. The cupbearers restored to his role as the attendant to Pharaoh. The Scriptures point out, Joseph had one request to the two men when they were being released from prison. It was just a two-word request. Remember me. Remember me. If I was Joseph after two years of that two-word request, I think I could have easily wondered if not only the cupbearer had forgotten me, but maybe God did too. Rather than going down that type of a rabbit trail, Joseph knew the following statement. And if you got the fill in the blank and want to join along, here's where it says. When we don't understand, that's the first fill in the blank. When we don't understand God's direction or what he's doing or his timing or his silence, we can be assured God is moving on our behalf. When we don't understand, God's moving. God's moving. At God's timing, he gave Pharaoh a dream that none from his leadership could interpret and none could find anyone who could interpret it. But the cupbearer remembered Joseph. The cupbearer timidly mentioned Joseph's dream interpretation potential resulting in Joseph being cleaned up and brought before Pharaoh. Which brings us to the next fill in the blank. Your delay has the potential to position you. To position you. God not only gave Joseph the interpretation of the dream, but he also, through Joseph's delays, positioned Joseph to gain great favor with Pharaoh, resulting not only in saving one nation, but two nations, which included all of Joseph's family. I think this next fill in the blank is important. With God, nothing is wasted, even our waiting. Nothing's wasted, even when we wait. The same God who kept his eye on Joseph and cared for him is always ready to do the same for you and me. It's so easy to think that you and I don't qualify. It's a Bible character. Who am I? You're a child of the King. child of the king and he cares about you more than anybody else there was a person here that her and her husband moved to this area a number of years ago but she just happened to grow up in my hometown church in New Sharon Iowa and uh, she told me after this morning's service she goes you remind me of your dad my dad's an 89 year old farmer Who five, seven years ago is the last time he put in and took out his own crops. And if you tell me I'm like him, I'm honored. Let me tell you something you're like your father, you're like your father, you're in his image, you're his creation. He breathed life into you. And he's never going to stop breathing into you and me what we need. But the thing is, he knows when we need it. Brings us to this next fill in the blank, which I think us people here in Iowa understand this. The times we feel we're being buried, God is planting us. God's planting us. I need to be patient and have trust while God is preparing not only me, but also others in situations that I don't understand. Instead of me becoming dissatisfied, frustrated, and disappointed, I need to go deeper in my relationship with God. I need to put my efforts into making the most of where he has planted, where he has planted. Put me at this time, at this season of my life. I think this next statement is not a fill in the blank, but I think it's important for you and I to hear it. What happens to you and your delay connects directly to what will happen through you afterwards. And then we have the fill in the blank. We have to make peace with God's pace. We have to make peace with God's pace. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really good with God's pace after the fact. During it, you might not want to be around me. So, I have a couple of scriptures that help me out. Can I can I share them with you? First one comes from Hebrews 12, 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. How about Jesus' words, John sixteen thirty three? I have told you this so that my peace will be with you. In the world you will have trouble, but cheer up. I have overcome the world. One more. Philippians 1, 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, what God starts, he will finish. But here, listen to this. Here's what I have to work on. Something happens when I I change My perspective shifts from irritation to the delay to an anticipation of the development. But during the delay, it's so easy to become self-focused instead of Christ-focused. I'm just being really upfront with you all this morning. I hope you're okay with that. I'm not going to come up here and be plastic I'm a human being that was raised by godly parents. I had the honor of being raised in a great church. God brought about my helpmate that has been as faithful and as true as I could have ever dreamt. I have all these things going for me, my My kids this morning, both of them and their spouses and our three grandchildren, right now three of them are on the stage doing worship at a church. They're all in church. You would think I could trust God, but I at times struggle. And sometimes we think that's a sin. There's someone here today, you're beating yourself down because you have struggles. I'm gonna clue you in on something. There was a man that walked this earth for 30 plus years and he had struggles, but he overcame through the cross for your and my struggles. He did not sin so that our struggles can be compensated. We need to understand we don't have a green light to go out and sin. We have a green light to be human beings that have struggles, but we have a Savior who understands those struggles. Juan and I, it was nine years before we figured it out, how to have kids, I guess. But we had our kids a little later in life. So we, after we had the first one, Wanda came out of, our. we were living in South Florida, and we converted this condo, this Floridian condo, into a nursery all over the place. It's amazing how a kid can change, the baby can change so many things. And she came out from putting Charlie, her oldest, down one night, and she looked at me and she goes, Well, we got all this baby stuff. Let's just have another one. So, nine months later. <laughs> so, they're 17 months apart. They're the best of friends or the worst of enemies. And I can remember her telling them this Philippians 4 8 through 9. Finally, brothers. Finally, Charlie, Emily. Whatever's true. Whatever's honorable. Whatever's just. Whatever's pure. Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. July 14th, 1952. A lady by the name of Florence Chadwick, who was an American swimmer, she held many world records. She, she swam. The Strait of Gibraltar swam from the English Channel to the mainland of Europe, and she was attempting to swim from the coast of California to Catalina Island, which is 26 miles. That's swimming a marathon. I don't know if I could go outside and walk 26 miles. (laughs) On this particular day, it was extremely foggy. She'd been in the water swimming for 50 hours and what she didn't know because of the fog is that she was less than half a mile from the shore of Catalina Island here is a quote from her all I could see was the fog due to that she stopped she stopped swimming and she stopped forward momentum I don't know about you but when I'm in a delay and I don't really understand what is going on. I can't see that I'm making any forward movement, moment, momentum, but rather I become, in a sense, confused when my delay then becomes a desert. And who really wants to spend time in a desert without knowledge of really knowing where you're at and where you can't see or know your designation? I do not like that. Florence Chadwick commented later, I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it on my original attempt. Allow me to put the start to pull this to a closing by presenting to you, when you and I are in a delay, it can become a desert. But God has a divar in the midbar. A desert is not most of our choices as a, place to spend time unless you and I gain the Hebrew cultural implication of the day of Joseph and through the times of the Old and the New Testament. The cultural teachings of that day were to voluntarily enter the wilderness to voluntarily say I'm going to the desert. To them the wilderness the desert is a place of listening and waiting It was a mindset and heart determination they had that we find in Psalms 46, verses 10 through 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This, this would be their mindset when they entered or found themselves in a desert. Devar in the Midbar is a Jewish saying. Now, Devar means speak or word. Devar means speak or word. Midbar means this, desert or wanderings in a wilderness. Desert or wanderings in a wilderness. Now, here's the interesting aspect of this. Devar is the root word of Midbar. There would not be a Midbar if it wasn't for the Devar. And here's the the next fill in the blank. Devar in the Midbar produces our theology of hope. Our theology of hope comes from there's a word or speaking to us when we're in our deserts. During the challenging season of our lives, it's important to understand this statement during the challenging seasons of our lives it's our responses that shape our lives those challenging seasons are brought on by pain loss tragedy death matter of fact we could spend a couple hours in here and we could all share different categories but you want to know something there's less distractions in a desert you and I are more apt to listen and learn in the desert. God speaks all the time. But have you noticed our desert times are when we are more attentive to the still, small voice? Gary Bird, he's the author of some books. One of them is called The Bible and the Land. He wrote this. The wilderness is a theological symbol for a flight and deprivation for suffering and for loss for vulnerability and hopelessness for dislocation and confusion but it's also the spiritual setting where renewal takes place where men and women in the midst of their crisis discover something about God they had not known before Moses Moses sees a burning bush and receives A devar in the Midbar. Elisha. Elisha was sustained by God and received a devar in the Midbar. Jesus. Immediately after he was baptized in water, and the heavenly father, his father, announced, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. All the people, the majority of the people there that experienced this were ready to claim him as king. And instead, Jesus says, I have a divar in the midbar for 40 days. It's your next fill in the blank. God brings you and me into a variety of delays which seem like deserts so he can speak tenderly. So he can speak tenderly to you and us. The next fill in the blank. To nourish us so you and I can nourish others. To nourish us so you and I can nourish others. Our delays, our deserts, our midvars are not all about me and you. A lot of time, God says, I'm using you so your experience will be relatable to others. So others who you don't even know are observing. Will see me through you. So others will see how you lean into me and how they can do the same. By the way, Florence Chadwick, two months after tapping out due to only seeing the fog, attempted the very same swim. This time she crushed the men's record by two hours. Remember our Bible character Joseph? Let's check out Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, where he is reassuring the very brothers who set into motion all his delays that God provided the var in the midbar through. This is what Joseph said. Even though you planned evil against me, God planned good to come out of it. This was to keep many people alive. As he is doing now, I we'll ask the worship team to come back. Keep many people alive. Maybe we go through some things so that other people can experience the life they have in Jesus. That's an honor, but I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it hurts. I don't know what to tell you about the pain sometimes that we experience. I don't know if there's always an earthly soothing to it. I don't know what scars you got. I don't know how they came about. And and let's be honest, some some of our deepest scars aren't aren't obvious, aren't obvious, are they? But I have a feeling, I could be wrong, but I I just have this feeling that when we get to a place where only Jesus' scars are going to be visible, ours aren't going to matter. I think think those are going to be the times when we have a full comprehension and then we'll be able to understand. But if that's where we're headed, why don't we just lean into him? And And I think that's where some of us are today. Some of you might be just thrilled to death that this is the end of 2023. You're ready for a new year? I just want to encourage you. He's got you. He's got you. Let me encourage you. I, I call him encouragement to keep in mind and to put in action for our divars and the mid bars. Here's the first one. I'm just going to kind of plow through these real quick. I love this first one. It's a fill in the blank. We don't need to know where God is because He knows where we're at. Whew. Now, I admit there's sometimes that kind of scares me. Ooh, He knows right where I'm at right now. But you know what? He says, I want you right where you're at. And that's somebody needs to hear that. The second encouragement that I, I think will help us out is this understanding will fail you, but trust. But trust in the Lord will bring you His resources. Resources. I know we got Google. But we're talking about the guy who said, let there be light. And there's been light. And that light's been faithful since he said it. That's some resource to tap into. And it's available. The third encouragement is this. When we put our trust in God's resources and characteristics, peace is Produce. Peace is produce, And the last one, God controls outcomes. We can control effort. We can control effort. We'll come back to that in a minute. I'm just going to ask everyone to bow your heads real quickly. I'm going to ask Pastor to come up. There's one delay you have full control over. And you don't need to have, and that's a relationship with Jesus. You don't need to have a delay there because He wants you. Listen to this. While everyone's head are bowed, God loves you. He wants you just the way you are. And He has plans and purposes for you. So why not give yourself to Him? Don't delay it. You might have a voice telling you, no, you're not worthy. Yes, you are. Listen to the good voice. The voice of the Holy Spirit is telling you it's time. So while everyone's head's bowed, if you know you want to have that relationship with Jesus, you're not sure you do or you know you don't, just raise your hand real quick. Just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it. And I'm going to ask you to con- consider doing this too. Let the person who brought you or the person sitting beside you on the right or left either tell them that. Or, or if, if, if you want to, just reach your hand over and tap them on the leg let them know that realize you need to have Jesus and you want him you can look up now before a pastor comes and has a prayer team come and everything I want to go back to that God controls outcomes we control effort (laughs) bring your mugs to him Bring your, bring your biggest cup. Bring your five-gallon bucket. There's something about when we, we pick ourselves up and we make an effort towards God. There's just something about that. And you can't worry about what other people think. What's important is what the Holy Spirit is inscribing on your heart right now. And I just want to tell you, Lift up your mug to him today. Make a step towards God. Give an effort towards him, and he will pour what you need in abundance. Pastor.
0: Thank you so much, Pastor Kerry. Let's express our appreciation to him. Love you. so grateful. It's it's clear that he has spent time in the presence of God and he's been filled up. And today he has emptied out what the Lord has put into his spirit. It's so obvious and so clear. And as I think about our friendship, Carrie and Wanda, you guys are the type of people that as we're hosting you, even as a church right now, like our, our cups are just brimming. There, we, we would fill your cup to overflowing to say stick around stay as long as you want you don't have to go back to oscaloosa you can stay here and uh and be with us we're so grateful and today you have given so much to us and you filled our cups up and i love that our relationship is like that that at times we're able to bless you and at times you're able to bless us and today what a mutual blessing this has been for you to come and invest in our church and and share god's word with us let's one more time express our appreciation to them I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Pastor Kerry led us in a moment to give an invitation for some of you who are not followers of Jesus to become followers of him today. And I, just, I want to lead us in a prayer where I'll lead you to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior today and just know that if you raise your hand, you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning, I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, With all of my strength, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. I'm gonna invite you to stand all across this room. We leave time at the end of each of our services for people to receive prayer. In just a moment, the prayer team's gonna make their way to both sides of the stage, and the worship team is gonna lead us in another song. And maybe today you've come here and you're in the midst of a desert, Maybe you're in the midst of a delay and today God has given you this word that he sees you, he has not forgotten you, he's with you and in the midst of the delay and the desert, he's speaking to you clearly. And as we've wrapped up this year, it's not by chance or accident that you're here today, you've made the effort and the Lord has spoken to you through Pastor Kerry. And so in just a moment, the prayer team will be up here and I would encourage you, if you find yourself in the midst of a delay or a desert, step out of your seat today, let somebody pray for you. In addition to that, maybe some of you are like, you know what, it's been a great year, but I want 2024 to be even better and I want my cup to be overflowing as I enter into 2024. And you're like, I just want somebody to pray for me. Step out of your seat and come forward for prayer. So I'm gonna pray over us this morning. Prayer team will be on both sides of the stage. Worship team will lead us in a song. Step out of your seat and come forward for prayer. God, we thank you so much for the words that you've given to Pastor Kerry to share with us today. Lord, for those in the midst of a desert, for those in the midst of a delay who even this morning came in questioning if you even know who they are or still know where they are or still love them. Lord, we thank you for the word today that in the midst of a delay in a desert, we can find Devar in the Midbar. We can find your word speaking to us in that. So Lord, I pray that today that you would fill our cup to overflowing as we've spent time in your presence, as we've worshiped you, as we've heard from your word. Thank you for the infilling of your Holy Spirit. As we wrap up this year and we enter into the next, God, may we step into the new year filled up and powered up by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about
1: all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.